Hey everybody, my name is Alex, and this is Lunchbox Radio. Now, before we get started, I wanted to remind you, as always, that there is a fairly new Instagram handle for the podcast. It's Lunchbox Radio, all one word, all lowercase, underscore podcast. Go check that out, and be sure to give it a follow, and you'll know when the next episode drops, or... Like, all the kind of cool, fun anime stuff that I get up to. Like, I posted my Pokemon X Fossil Gengar that I bought day one. And I have what I've come to discover. It's a fairly low it's a fairly low model number on that thing. Because they are popping up on eBay like hotcakes. Because they are super sold out. There's only 1,300 of them. And a watch that I bought for 300 bucks is now worth like anywhere from two to five grand. (laughs) So the world's insane still, in case you were wondering. But um, definitely go check out that Instagram handle. I I post all kinds of anime stuff there. Um, And if you're following me on normal Instagram, definitely still follow me on the podcast one because... I post stuff to the podcast one that you won't see on my general Instagram handle. So definitely go check that out. And on that note, we're going to be talking about something that's odd today, but I wanted to do this as kind of a two-parter because I want to talk about this, what we're going to talk about today, and I want to talk about media literacy as the Sunday show. Um, So if you haven't gone to listen to my episode on Digimon, definitely go check that out. It's a big old friendship mess all about Digimon. And if you haven't, somehow, somehow, you're one of the five people in my listenership range who have not heard the Cyberpunk Edge Runners episode, just, just go listen to it. Just like it's, it's an hour of content about Cyberpunk Edge Runners. If your brain hasn't been overloaded by that thing yet, it's, it, I think it's worth your time to listen to it because I have really interesting thoughts about that about that world and that game and that show in the context of that world and that game. And I'm this show got me playing the game again. I don't know what to tell you. But on that note, what we're talking about this week is IGN's top 25 anime of all time. Some 
time I turn around, cats got their hands out, wanting something from it. I ain't got it, so you can't get it. Let's leave it at that, cause I ain't got it. Hit it with full strength. I'm a jail nigga, so I face the world like a girl. You go past you against me, me against you. Whatever, whatever, nigga, fuck you, you'll do. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mmm. What flavor are you holding? Now open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. Now, before we get dive right into this thing, I want to make a couple, like, I want to say a couple things before we get into dealing with this listicle, because that's what this is. This is a pretty stock standard kind of internet article that is called a list or a listicle, and it, and they usually do pretty well, that's why you see nine zillion of them a day. Um, and they're, they are kind of a quick tool of the trade for the internet journalism outfits of the world. Every, ev- kind of everybody does them because they're easy to read, they're satisfying for the reader, blah, 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 blah. If you've ever attempted to write for, um, Wiki, for the, for Wikifan or Wikifandom, whatever it's called now, this is where... They kind of start you. They they 
ask you for a top 10 list revolving around something. And actually, the um, money I've made writing about anime on the internet has directly to do with them because I wrote an article of like, I think it was five lessons in diversity from anime. And they did like, they didn't like it because I wasn't specific enough. I wasn't focused enough. I was not like, I wasn't picking a show and having the whole conversation revolve around that show. That wasn't what I, as the writer of the thing, was interested in doing. I was interested in showing kind of the diversity of anime as a whole and its handling of diversity and difference and differentness. And the and their editors just weren't into that because that's not what drives eyeballs to the pages and drives eyeballs to the ads on those pages. And that's really what these listicles are kind of serving. They're not serving the thing in the middle. They're serving the things at the edges. They're serving the little ad boxes. The one on IGN right now just went white and changed to um, Return to Monkey Island advertisement. So that's what they're... They're selling you the list, but they're making money off of the eyeballs on ads, if that makes any sense. Um, and that's always kind of the way it's been, and probably is the way it'll be for a while, unless stuff starts massively shifting into like a subscription model, aka like the New York Times or like a proper news organization. But those are those are difficult to deal with, and there's other ways that these sites make money. They make they make money with sponsored with sponsored posts and sponsored articles and all this other stuff. But the long and short of it is is that these things are they're not necessarily designed only to create like a buzz, only to create a buzz. But the more buzz they create, the more valuable they are the thing like i i have seen most of the anime youtubers anime tiktokers of my ilk talking about this list um actually um cosplay fiend over on tiktok i follow him on tiktok and instagram because i know him <laughs> i've had him on this podcast before if you're interested in hearing that episode it's in the feed it's been a while but it, he's definitely in there and he brought up this list, and when he brought up this list, I saw the video on um, Instagram, actually. It, it was interesting to me, because he, he went more in-depth than anybody else I'd seen so far, and that made me take a second, like, take a second and be like, maybe I should check this shit out. And then after reading it, I remembered the second thing I want to, like, proclaim here. Did they release this list in 2019, motherfucker? This is an update that's getting this much play. So, like... Yes, this has some new shit in it, but the, it has existed for at least a couple years. And this isn't uncommon that, like, they'll update stuff like this, but it is uncommon that they'll update something like this and then, like, re-blast it out into the world. And I, I kind of know why. I kind of know why they did it. So, I'm not going to go show by show... And tell you the list. I will say this list starts with the 25th show being Haikyuu. And the first show, like the number one on this list, is... What's it called? 
can't believe I forgot it already. Um, number one on this show is Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. So, here my, and this is going to be a little bit shorter, probably, maybe a lot shorter, although maybe not, I may be eating my words, of an episode than it usually is. Um, but here's the, here's kind of the crux of what I'm seeing here, of what I'm, of what I'm looking, of what I see when I see this list. I see the kind of modernization of anime. And if, and if you don't know what I mean by that, I mean, I see a version of anime fandom that is not the weird kid and who reads manga at lunch. I see anime as like a popular kid thing that was this was not true when I was a when when I was a youth. When I was a youth, most of the anime kids in my who I was friends with, all of them in my school in my in my schooling, um, we're kind of like weirdos and nerds, and that was fine, and we were all cool with each other. I will say when I was in, I believe, must it was um, a specific history teacher, I remember, so it must have been when I was a freshman in high school. I was reading the first volume of, of Ranma One Half, and if you've ever seen the first volume of Ranma One Half, it stands out like a sore thumb because it's like what you would consider a Tonkaban size now. It is like three volumes of manga, but like it isn't expanded in any way other than the thickness of it. And somebody was like stunned that somebody else was reading a comic book in there. I'm like, why are you stunned that that? kids reading manga and I just like reached into my um messenger bag and I pulled out the giant volume I pulled out the um Ranma one half volume like I read manga all the time and the kid who I still slightly know today straight up said to me yeah but it's cool when you do it and that struck me as like this allowance of just like coolness that would not be afforded to other humans and was not afforded to other humans. And like, what's the difference between me and that idiot and, and that and that otaku kid? That otaku kid gets good grades. I read comic books and like, fuck off. So it what I'm trying to say is that we have come like the anime fandom, especially in America, has come a long way from where it Certainly where it started, and certainly where it was when I entered into it. And even late in my fandom, when I was in, like, high school. And the result of that is you get a kind of populism in what's the best and what's not the best. And the reason why I said that, why I told you the beginning and end of this list is because the end of the list, the first, the number one top anime in IGN's opinion is Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. And if you know anything about like Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood holding the number one spot, you know it's not entirely sincere because for years, and I don't know what's... Um, let me pull it up now. Um, I don't know what the number one anime on um, 
my anime list is right now. But I do know that it, it for many, many years, it was, for like years, years, like almost a decade, it was Full Metal Alchemist. And the reason it was Full Metal Alchemist was not entirely... Was not entirely honest. The reason it was Full Metal Alchemist was because the internet was like kind of conspiring to keep it there constantly. And the result became like, yes, this show is a marvel. Yes, this show is a masterpiece. And I, as a disabled person, will tell you that show is a like tour de force of representation of disability in anime. It is incredible. But that doesn't necessarily earn it the top spot, and it certainly didn't shouldn't earn it the top spot forever. And there was a kind of like almost hegemony, like um, like world order around keeping that show at the spot at the top. It would sometimes occasionally dip, and then people would flood in and get it back to the top. May have even happened by now. I'm not super sure, but. The long and short of it is, is that that was like a real demonstration of the power of fandom to enforce its belief against all reality. Even if the show in question is an excellent, excellent masterpiece, tour de force of the medium, it was like the fandom was not giving room for much else. At, at that top, at that higher echelon. Now, the other thing I want to talk about here is the number two spot. Because the number two spot on this list is pretty... I'm not going to... Like I said, I'm not going to go through all of these moments here. But I'm going to go through a couple of them. The number two spot on this list is held by Cowboy Bebop. Cowboy Bebop is more than... At least two decades old at this point. Probably closer to three. And yes, once again, it is a great show and it still holds up. But there's really nothing else you could put in the slot. There's really nothing else that you as the editors, who I'll get to some of the editors who contributed to this list clearly, um could have put here to, like, demonstrate a point or, like, push a point. You've got... It's not like you... It's not like they don't have... older shows on this list. I think number... five or six... Number five is Hajime no Ippo. And number... I think it's number... It's in the top ten. I think it's number... Yeah, it's number eight. It's Yu Yu Hakusho. You've got stuff from the 90s. You've got stuff from that Cowboy Bebop era. You have stuff that... sits in the same pantheon as Cowboy Bebop. Part of doing these lists and part of, like, making this declarative statement on the internet, and this is really important to understand here, is that you are putting your foot in the sand and you, you are saying, this is our, these are our picks, these are our journalistic, like, opinions on what the deal is here. And 
that comes with a lot of responsibility, a lot of thinking about how the list will work. IGN has done tons of panels, and they've done podcasts that I've skipped because I don't generally like the list-building kind of thing they do. Um, about building lists, that's how much they do it and how often they think about it. And it's a, it's a fun thing to think about, I'll be honest. It's, it's, not, it's not uninteresting. The reason that they always played that game top five on high fidelity is because it's not that uninteresting. It, it, it's not. It's actually a pretty fun time, but it also tells you a lot about the outfit that puts the list together, or the person that puts the list together. Everybody always wants to ask me, like, Alex, what are your top five anime? What are your what's your favorite what's your favorite show? And I always hesitate to give it because, first off, I've seen hundreds of hundreds, probably approaching at least a thousand plus shows in my tenure as an as now an old Taku. It's part of the way I can do this podcast and not have and not have to like go rummaging for shows constantly. Like can I can in the middle of the week before I record be like, oh, what do I talk about? Oh that one, okay. And I'll tell you flat out, I've seen all the shows on this list. <laughs> and I'm not saying that's a problem, but it. this list is clearly in conversation with cultural relevance. And the reason why I say that is because I think it's number 24. I think it's like the second to last one they, they stuck on, that they stuck on the list is Dragon Ball Z. It's number 23, Dragon Ball Z. And you don't put a show like Dragon Ball Z on this list that also includes One Piece without considering cultural relevance. Except, and this is what I'm going to get into, like, the provisos that they, they put in to, like... They have two breakouts in this thing. Like, two... They have an Our Favorite anime, which includes... Probably the panel of people who helped create this list. And they have a breakout for honorable mentions. So the these I will go through in detail. Um, the In the Our Favorite Anime section, and this is interesting because most of these anime do not show up on this list, which I find interesting. Um, you have Miranda Sanchez... Um, a, a contributing a contributing editor or a journalist with um, IGN. Her favorite is Kill the Kill. You have um, Michelle Saltzman, Monster. Um, Monster's on here, Kill the Kill isn't. You have Mike Mammon, One Piece. One Piece is number three. I think Monster is number four. You have Dragon Ball Z, once again... Number three, you have Hunter x Hunter, which I think is like number five. Um, you've of course number one, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, Aaron Smith, and you have Space Dandy. Um, in Kalani Newman, and then you have a really new addition, um, Nars. That's probably a pen name. Um, Cyberpunk Edge Runners, 
And then Cowboy Bebop is um, Jess Sheedon's favorite. And what this does is it allows all the editors to, like, pick a favorite anime and throw it out there into the world. Like, throw it out, share that with people. And what this list and its composition tells me, and the addition of this plus the honorable mentions, which I'll get to in a second, says that they were really thinking about cultural significance. That's why you have JoJo at number 20 the entire series, because JoJo has such a cultural grasp on meme culture, on anime, on all kinds of things in the media world, that if you didn't include it, it would be crazy. And what I think this list's biggest problem is, I think the thing that people are responding to negatively the most, is that once you get caught in that, we have to include certain things because of cultural significance. You run the risk of not including other things. Um, for example, like Naruto Ship, like, so two of the big three are on here. Um, and to be clear, the, two of the big four is actually I'm going to call it because I want to include something specific here. Dragon Ball is on here and... Um, Naruto on here. Now, the other two of that pantheon, I would argue, are probably Bleach, if you want to make it the big three. And if you want to expand it a little bit, you should probably include Sailor Moon. Now, if you're going to do a list about cultural significance of anime, it's kind of hard to leave Sailor Moon off the list. And there are a lot of other shows that have serious cultural significance that aren't on this list. I, the other thing about lists is, like, the, the number they give you is arbitrary. Lists go from 25 to 200. The kind of sweet spot is, like, top five, but you're doing 25 if you're serious, and if you're really serious, you're doing 50 to 100. They could have done a hundred for this list, and it would have been it would have been a bigger undertaking, absolutely. But it would have had so much more room to move in and out of different genres, of different styles of anime, of diff of more and less popular shows, like and and really have the space to think about that cultural significant angle because I think that's important and it's clear. That's what they... It's clear that... Um, I can't take credit for noticing that. That one goes to Cosplay Fiend over on TikTok. But it's clear that's what they were looking at when they thought about... When they were thinking about making this, making this list. Even originally in 2019. And in terms of cultural significance, like, what counts the most? If you're going to include JoJo's, which is... Yes, now very popular, but still also pretty niche. Do you include Tokyo Ghoul because of its opening? Because of the way that opening rocked the world. Like, we still all hear the... In the back of our head when we think about that show, regardless of how good or bad that show is. I've called that thing a tone poem on this very podcast. 
But my point is that, like, it's always dangerous to do these things. And I didn't read the um, the people's names out because I want you to go find them or dox them or any of that shit. But there's a reason why instead of going to one media source for one thing, you go to a different one. The reason why there are all these specialty um, websites popping up, and, like, I will go to The Verge to read about, like, hardcore tech computer stuff, but I won't necessarily go to The Verge to read about video games I, or to hear about video games. I'd rather hear about that from a place like IGN or a place like Giant Bomb. I'm not saying that they should stay in their lanes and shouldn't explore other things. I know that that's not possible considering the, like, cutthroat nature of writing on the internet or, or like, creating content for the internet. Hell, I've covered live-action Netflix shows on this very podcast. Shout out to the episode I did on um, Queen's Gambit, which is just a sports anime um, with live-action people. But the long and short of it is that it's it's a big risk because you are you you've got a big microphone and you're making a big declarative statement when you put stuff like this out, even if you're re- just refreshing it. And that brings me to my next issue with this list: that it's very shonen heavy. It's very it's very male oriented. The only show that I bumped into on this list that was like pretty exclusively intended for women is number 16 or in high school host club. And if you're making a once again, if you're making a um definitive 25 anime of all times list and you're not including Sailor Moon, but you are including Orin High School Host Club you could swap that. You could swap that and, like, nobody would fault you for it. Because Orin High School Host Club is a favorite and it's a fun show, but it's a very... It's probably the least popular, like, hardcore popular show on this list if you go and look at it. I mean, this list has, like, Devilman Crybaby, Demon Slayer, Code Geass, Samurai Shampoo. It, it has like these big knockdown, knockout drag, knockdown dragout hits of shows on it, and that just doesn't like. If there's a thing that doesn't hang in a world where Sailor Moon should be on this list, I would probably pick Orin High School Host Club, regardless of how much how much people might like it. And I'm sure this list had a lot of infighting of like no. That show goes on the list. I will die on this hill. In the same way that, like, the Giant Bomb guys, like, <laughs> once a year, if, you, if you're not familiar with Giant Bomb, is like, it's once a year tradition is that they all get in a room and they, ha- they have what they call the Game of the Year discussion podcast. And these podcasts are, like, them knifing each other to get their favorite game on the list of Giant Bomb's Game of the Year. It's hilarious. It's 
hilarious. Like, at some point, Austin Walker went on, like, a filibuster about Invisible Ink. Uh, people, like... <laughs> Jeff, Jeff, um, when Jeff, um... Gershman was still part of the show. It would not be out of character for him to be like, I will cut you. And the, like, they they do that intentionally. They go that extreme intentionally because they're opinionated, but also because it's entertaining. And really, at the end of the day, that's what I would love to have for this list, in, in place of this list. I would love to have, like, a roundtable video of them arguing the point. Of them giving their stump speech for fucking Bacano. <laughs> or giving their stump speech for something like... um, For something like Demon Slayer or... Or a High School Host Club or Attack on Titan or any of these shows. Because... That would be really entertaining, and that would be the meat of what this is, and that would be what this is inspiring in other fans, but it would be from them, and it would be them interacting with the fandom in a way that is genuine and less corporatized and driven by ad space than just releasing a listicle is. It also lets you into the reasoning, it lets you, like, think, and it lets you have the moment of, like, well, I mean, I get, you're technically right, but shit, okay. And, like, another one that, if you're considering cultural relevance, why isn't, why is there not a Gundam on this list? Why is, why is so many of these things, really? So, Here's what I want to talk about, the um, honorable mentions, which comes right before the, um, number 13. Honorable mentions are really interesting here because they have actually a repeat that I'm just noticing now. Like, honorable mentions, Ranma one half. Really interesting. Honorable mention there. Um, Kill a Kill shows up again, which means there is a version of this list that has Kill a Kill on it. And I think that's a better list, honestly. Sailor Moon. Like, what is Sailor Moon not doing on this list? Revolutionary Girl at Utena is a big deal, but it... Uh, you could do... Like, uh, that's a whole... That's a whole conversation of itself that deserves its own saying. Um, Chihiro Furu, Steins Gate, and this is one I thought was really interesting. Um, Jujutsu Kaisen, because there are two moments on this list, um, they have, for say, actually three, 15 is Devilman Crybaby, watch me recite this entire list by the time we're done, Six, 18 is Death Note, and I think pretty soon after that, and 21 is Maiden Abyss, so the common thread between all of those is they all share a horror element. They're not like, they're not strictly in horror with the exception of um, mate, like, no not even, none of them are not even um, Death Note. They all share a horror element to them. 
I think it's interesting that all three of these were included, but Jujutsu Kaisen, for whatever reason, which... If there is a tour de force of modern and of like modern shonen anime and its willingness and edginess and its willingness to embrace the darkness, to embrace like dark concepts, like people's imperfections are what gives them power, people's fucked up like personality flaws are what makes them powerful and beautiful, which is a lot of what Jujutsu Kaisen is about. Um, the most powerful, one of the most powerful characters in that show is just a narcissist. Like, his superpower is that he's so narcissistic that he believes that he is the best, therefore he is. Um, I, I see you, you beautiful-eyed, blue-haired man, Mr. Gojo. Um, the fact that you include... Something like My Hero Academia, which has a lot going for it, but has this, like, cookie-cutter, popcorn material feel that is just absent from something like Jujutsu Kaisen by way of the way it's that show, that concept for Jujutsu Kaisen is designed. It's kind of a letdown. It's kind of like... Oh, we're picking... It It feels like... It feels like you pick My Hero Academia instead of Jujutsu Kaisen. Not because either one is better than the other, but because on with um, My Hero, you don't have to have the conversation about the like constant darkness of um, Jujutsu Kaisen. Because... From the minute go, Jujutsu Kaisen oozes creepy as fuck vibes. Oozes just like... Bad news. <laughs> and the best, one of the better um, ways to watch Jujutsu Kaisen, if you're interested, is to watch the um, abridged Jujutsu Kaisen. I strongly recommend you watch the like actual thing first, but the abridged series is hilarious. Because it... Has that same quality of like uh, brutal honesty in it that like Team Four Star DBZ Abridge has. Um, but I think that I don't think this is a thing that um, outlets shouldn't do. This is like part of their job, this is part of the deal. But I think that. I think that if you're going to step up and do this, you should pay more attention to it. You could have like a voting system where at least it get well, at least you pick these things. You pick like maybe a hundred shows and you say it's gonna be whittled down to twenty five, have at it viewers, and it's out of your hands. Um now don't get me wrong, they're not the only people who have this problem. Anime exclusive platforms have this problem too. Um, there was a year for the Crunchyroll Awards where that thing was just like dominated by Yuri on Ice. Like it was, it was as if somebody at some point decided like we need to stand this show because externally it's important that it's a very openly gay thing. And I've covered Yuri on Ice on this podcast. I 
talked about it from a totally different angle of like it highlighting the lifestyle of being an international Olympic class athlete, which it also does very well. Um, but like the fans, including me, who loved Yuri on Ice, by the way, were kind of disappointed because it like. It was so clear they didn't make the right. It was. It was so. It felt so much like Matt Damon winning for The Martian in Best Comedy at the Golden Globes, <laughs> which is a real thing that can ha- that happened. You should look it up if you don't believe me. And so you get like building these lists, it, especially if you have outlet with with a big readership comes with a lot of responsibilities and goals and stuff that you and stuff that like you you should think about and I think they were thinking about it but I think they got like caught by their own they caught their own tail and they were like stuck in a circle for for some of this and also I think it's really interesting like at the bottom of it, I'll find it at the bottom of it and straight up read it it says um this story was originally ran originally ran in November of 2019 it was updated in September tw- on September 22 2022 which are our latest picks so i think also, one of the things that people aren't getting is that this, I don't think they want this to be a static thing. I think they want this to be a living list. But I think if you're going to do that, you make it really clear. You make it so clear that you can't not acknowledge it, that like it can't not be a thing. Um, and on that note, this is where I'm going to um, draw it to a close here. If you like this podcast, this is not a normal Thursday edition. Thursday editions are usually about a specific show or property, but this Thursday edition I want to tie into a conversation I want to have on my Sunday edition podcast about media liter- about um, media literacy. And... So, Thursday editions are more, like, straightforward. Sunday editions are more metatextual. Actually, way more like this than... than this standard Thursday edition is. The Sunday editions are about, like, anime and... about the anime industry, about the fandom, about the medium, and about media occasionally, that kind of stuff. So, if you're interested in any of... Anything I just mentioned, definitely subscribe to the podcast in whatever you're using to listen to me right now. And um, definitely go follow the podcast on Instagram. Once again, that handle is Lunchbox Radio, all one word, all lowercase, underscore podcast, all lo- also lowercase. And until Sunday, I've been Alex. You've been listening to Lunchbox Radio. And I'll talk to you then.
てめえ上等だこらいい度胸だマジで宝刀神社までぶっ飛ばゾンビがバレたら